seven, 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 seven. You are listening to Ultra Q, episode 32. My name is Red. I'm joined by Mel. Uh, I'm about to say something alien cool, so just listen. (laughs) I'm joined by Razan. Hi. uh, Just to make sure we're properly motivated, I have put a fake time bomb underneath all of our seats. Oh, thank you. Thank you. it's It's a good thing I don't have an irrational fear of dying in an explosion. Yeah, irrational. Uh, (laughs) Coming up on Ultra 7, uh, we've got a motor race, a long-distance motor race. Um, We've got treason of the highest order, uh, and we have the worst man in the world. Uh, (laughs) But before any of that, uh, we got a little catching up to do. Uh, I'm just going to start by saying I'm still gaming. Um, and also I accidentally rewatched all of Bocce the Rock yesterday. Uh, I meant to only watch one episode because I was like, I'm going to get started early for next month's Beach House. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I'll just, I'll just watch an episode and that'll be that. And I was like, I'll watch a second, I'll watch a second episode. I'll watch a third, I'll watch a fourth. And that kept going until I was finished. And I was like, okay, well now it's a month until the Beach House. <laughs> I should have done this later. Uh, oh, well, um, that show, a good a good television show uh yeah but she goes show about ba- girls and bands i yeah. need to stop segue <laughs> i need I... to stop doing the thing where like every other week me and my ex are like yeah we should get back to bochi the rock and then we just don't do it have you gotten back to breaking bad uh shockingly yes actually <laughs> you got <laughs> back to got breaking back to bad but not bochi the rock get off this fucking podcast <laughs> That was her fault, not mine. <laughs> God damn. Uh, uh, one of those shows is better than the other. Um, the, uh, yeah, band Girls in Bands, a novel concept. I wonder if anyone has ever done this for, you know, as like a marketing idea, just made shows about girls who are in bands. Mel, has that ever happened? Are you saying that? Are we skipping Razin and then it's my it's go? your go? <laughs> <laughs> should should we do? Should we'll we'll let Razin go first before we get into my go. 
I have a lot of I have a lot of shit, so go this for, might no go okay. for it. We'll 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 sit on my go. All right, because I'm I, involved. I, I'm gonna say right at the top, uh, my go is the only thing I have this week. So. Okay, I'll 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 run through the list. Um, this starts normal, but I feel like you're gonna need there's there's a few here that I think you two might need to consider putting me down. Um, so, uh, first things first. Uh, just an update. I did, in fact, finish Who's Lila. Uh, solid 8 out of 10 point-and-click uh, adventure horror game. I stand by what I said last week. I think if you want something fun and, and cheap to go through this Halloween season, this will serve you well. Um, <coughs> I felt a little weird, so I, I finished streaming it with a, with a friend. Well, to a friend over Discord last night. And... We wrapped it up, and I was, like, we had fun with it. Like, her and I were just kind of, like, having fun speculating over what, like, everything was doing towards the end. And then we get to the scene that you unlock when you get all 15 of the main core endings. And I was a little, like, that's it? <laughs> um, there is a big meta-thematic, I guess, statement about the nature of art and storytelling at the end of this thing. And I was kind of doing just, like, the nod along and be like, yes, that, yep, that that's how that works, yeah. Um, and it, I, I want to say for, like, a little bit there, I, I went to bed kind of feeling like, is that really all that it had to say? I felt like it could have gone further. But then I started to think about who the target audience is for, like, a pseudo-ARG indie horror thing, and I went, you know, I feel like the typical audience for this sort of game actually probably would get a lot of value out of what this game has to say about the nature of storytelling. Uh, I just think I was maybe the wrong person to <laughs> receive the message because I was just, like, nodding along in agreement, like, yeah, no, like, you're just spitting facts here. I don't, I don't know. It, it, this didn't seem all that revelatory for me. But I could see how for people that maybe aren't as, like, media criticism brained all the time like you know we are like okay no i i think that maybe there's some value here for people that don't engage with storytelling perhaps the way that people that like to dive deep do so yeah overall very happy with the game i think it's uh fun to noodle in the brain nonetheless um i think it's definitely one of those things where the journey is um, definitely way, I mean, this is how I just feel about most things in general. Journey definitely gives you a lot more than the destination, but one, that's just surreal medium, like, surreal art in general tends to be that way, like, mm -hmm. the ending's not the point, the, the the answer is not the fucking point, and, and this game knows that. Um, it's, it's a, it's a real, it's a real shame for me, whose brain is very ending-oriented. <laughs> so, that so many things I like are just like, oh, and then it ends. <laughs> Yeah, um, I, I, I think that it's, it's good. It's one of those things where I think it's good and it is a love letter to a lot of other things I like. Like th there's, there's David Lynch references all throughout this game. And like, obviously this is not doing Lynch stuff better than Lynch does, but it's in that same wheelhouse. And I think it adds just enough new stuff to not feel like it's completely just, you know, pulling a nano <laughs> um it's uh it's fun so highly recommend who's lila um i Did also you find out who lila was uh well <laughs> about that <laughs> <laughs> i 
I, I'll uh, say yes. I think yes. <laughs> perfect. Um, I, I'll, you know what's you know what's a lot easier to talk about and and uh, went in and out of my brain almost immediately and gave me no real desire to think about. Uh, Metal Skin Panic Maddox. <laughs> okay, so Metal Skin Panic. Yeah. What what what, what is the deal? Uh, with that name? No, 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 no. Just, like, I... All I know... Or what all, this is about? What, what is it? Because I've heard... I've heard of Metal Skin Panic. Okay. So, uh... A cool military lady makes a cool exoskeleton suit that has one purpose in life, and that is blowing the fuck out of tanks. Uh, they run a simulated exercise where they have the coolest tank guy in the world try to blow up the suit, and then he gets mad because the suit is better at fighting and blowing up tanks than his tanks are at taking out the exosuit. Um, wacky logistics happens. The exosuit winds up in the hands of a uh, high school-aged engineer boy who's in the process of breaking up with his girlfriend because her father's making her go study abroad. That's a bad um, type of guy to give her <laughs> a military <laughs> exoskeleton. Yeah. Uh, so he's like, well, I'm going to dick around with this thing. And then he gets stuck in the suit and he can't get out of it because he didn't finish reading the manual, thus creating a metal skin panic. Um, uh, while he is struggling with the fact that he is now bound to this exosuit, he also goes, oh, shit, uh, my soon-to-be ex-girlfriend told me to meet on top of this giant uh, complex, like, at, at midnight. I gotta go meet up with her. So hijinks ensue this tank guy is like this is the perfect opportunity for me to prove that tanks are better than exosuits uh and then the exosuit lady is like no you're fucking not i have a second one i'm gonna go catch up with this boy and tell him what's for uh and hijinks ensue uh i i described this on twitter the the script and the writing all the way through for this feels like the writer realized the night before like oh fuck i got that deadline uh shit uh the boy gets stuck in suit <laughs> um it, it is so it, it just feels like an afterthought uh mm -hmm. you, the entire reason you're watching this is for highly detailed ova animation of exosuits and and tanks blowing shit up and and the mechanisms moving and all that stuff it is it is pretty to look at but immediately forgettable um Mm -hmm. It's just kind of whatever. Damn, rip. Yeah, I did kickstart that OVA, <laughs> and yes. got and got the DVD. Well, you know what? Shockingly, I have a segue for this because the person in charge of that Kickstarter, oh my fucking god, is one Robert Woodhead, creator of Wizardry, which received a stealth, <laughs> a stealth oh launch remake. <laughs> This is the most incredible segue that there has ever been. <laughs> yes. Well, okay. Hang on. I did you watch this. this? Did you watch this so you could make this this segue? No. Okay. No. <laughs> okay, Red. Okay, I need to talk about this, actually. This is... I feel like I've been living in a simulation the last week. So, <clears throat> the past two years of my life, I have been playing with the idea on and off of making a big fuck-off video uh, overgoing the, the development and impact and... 
general story behind the original Wizardry, a game near and dear to my heart, influential dungeon crawler that I think just doesn't get the time of day or do it deserves anymore in video game discourse, despite having a huge imp Like, if you like mm -hmm. JRPGs in any way, shape, or form, you owe so much to Wizardry for that. Mm -hmm. um, there is a weird-ass story behind some, like, the family of some of the people involved who made that game. Um... So I've been working on and off on this video. I haven't been entirely happy with it in various forms, so I've started and restarted this multiple times. I've recorded a bunch of footage for it across different versions of Wizardry. Um, and recently, and I, by recently, I mean like a week and a half ago, I'm like, fuck it, I need to get back to that goddamn thing. It's taken me too long. I've started and stopped so many times, and like I have a nasty habit of not finishing shit. I need to go back and fucking... Let's put some elbow grease back on this. I, I bought... A fucking honest-to-God biography about one of the creators of Wizardry's dads, like, a week and a half ago, and have been reading it. Um, that dude used the Nazi invasion of Czechoslovakia as an opportunity to buy a castle for his family, and then got kicked out when the communists came into power, and were like, hey, what the fuck? Yo, um, what? <laughs> yes, no, it, this, this is what I'm, like, this story needs to be told because it is wild and goes so many places, and it's, it's, there's a lot going on. Um... Anyways, uh, I also recently just started replaying the Super Famicom release of Wizardry, and then suddenly, out of fucking nowhere, when, like, all of this is going on <laughs> in my life, Digital Eclipse goes, uh, hey, just a teaser, and then they tweet out, like, a, a new version of the Wizardry logo, and we're all like, what the fuck is this? Then the next morning, they're like, oh, uh, yeah, there's a Wizardry 1 remake out in early access right now, and I just went, oh, okay. <laughs> um... And yeah, I, like, I just had happened to watch Metal Skin Panic Maddox that, that pri like, I think it was actually the Sunday night after we recorded last week's podcast. <laughs> um, God. Yeah, really weird. I, I've been having a lot of, like, why is all of this lining up in my life right now sort of thing. But um, any anyway, uh, Wizardry 1 Remake. I have played maybe an hour. I, you know what? No, I've played two hours of this game. One hour was me trying and failing to make a party because early access games get a little weird sometimes and mm, every time I, gonna, I tried I making ask a, what state it's in right now. Uh so here's the thing. You can play Wizardry 1 remake from start to finish. Gonna probably be some bugs along the way and there are art assets that are not done yet. But it is a game that you can complete and hit credits on. <laughs> um I so they give you a party at the start that is a level two full six character party. Um, and I went, fuck that. I'm starting at level one with all guys that I made. So I deleted that party. And every time I got like two or three characters in to making my new party, the game would just like freeze for a split second and then delete all of the characters I had made and then reboot the pre-built characters. Ooh, okay. And I, I played around with it for like an hour and eventually I just went like, F I'm just going to fucking reinstall it. And I reinstalled it. And so far, so good seems to be working. Um, but that was a little frustrating. And I, I it, it's okay. So this is also annoying, too, because they're doing the thing where it is like 30 or 35 American dollars right now. But they have since stated that I I believe they've stated like this is the cheapest it will be during the early access period. And then this is leading up to a full release next year and the price will be going up. So mm -hmm. this is probably the cheapest you're going to be able to get the game for a while. It seems like they probably won't really be doing sales and stuff for it. Um, 
But this is also the worst state it is in, so it's kind of hard to recommend to people. Um, weird spot. But uh, I like how they're approaching this remake. They seem to... These are the people that are like us, and when there are multiple versions of games, they are looking at all of the scouring pages, detailing all the differences and how it impacts the overall right. experience. Um I think that the modern amenities they give you on the default settings are nice <coughs> and a good way to ease people in who are new to the genre. Um, like I said, they give you a pre-built party of six pretty good characters that are starting at level two versus starting at level one. Um, and I think that that default party would do you pretty good while still leaving you room to have those characters die and make new ones. And, and like, you're not going to get too attached to them. Um, they have built-in hints and stuff that I think actually are really cool, and I'm going to actually... So, I, I've beaten Wizardry 1 multiple times, so I don't need them, but I'm going to leave them on because the way that they do the hint system is that while you're walking around in the dungeon, it will have one of your characters that you've made have, like, a little dialogue box pop up to suggest, like, hey, so-and-so's dead, we should go back to the temple and, and see if we can revive them sort of thing. Um, so they make it like an in-character thing, which I think is kind of cool, because otherwise they're they're just completely blank slate creative characters. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of fun. Uh, something I actually really appreciate uh, is uh, the versions of Wizardry that I like tend to... The, the two that I prefer, there's, there's a PS1 re-release of the original trilogy that I just think aesthetically is my favorite. It looks really good. And they added things like auto-mapping, like you can just pull up with one of the shoulder buttons, like a map of the area that you're on, rather than having to draw one of your own uh, with, like, graph paper. Uh, And just, like, some easier, like, menu navigation stuff and and some very, very basic uh, quality-of-life features. Uh, There's also a Super Famicom release that was, weirdly enough, after the PS1 re-release that... Also did some of that, but then made it so that instead of auto-mapping being a dedicated button, you have to use the... So in the original Wizardry, there was a spell that's like a level 1 basic spell that you get, and it basically gives you what coordinates of the map you are on, and it's what it's used for is for serving as a reference for when you are drawing the map using graph paper. This, now, when um, you have auto... This um PS1 trilogy collection... um. Is it called the uh, Lilgaman Saga? Yes. That is it. Thank you, Duck Station. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so, the thing with the PS1 version, though, that some diehard fans swear against, and, like, big brain, I agree with this criticism. It's just, in practice, I don't care enough t- versus, like... That just has the version of the aesthetics and the music I like, mm-hmm. so I go with the PS1 version. But one criticism that is true of that version, that spell is completely useless for the mapping coordinates now, because when you just hit R1 to open up the fucking map, like, what's the point? So what the Super Famicom version did is that it removes the auto-map pull-up button, but then when you use that spell, it pulls up the auto-map instead of pulling up coordinates. Which I think is probably the best marriage of the two. That's pretty Like, cool. you don't get... You don't get mapping for free, but at the same time, you don't have to fucking draw the full thing yourself. Um, and this version ha- like has that sort of thing in consideration because they have modern quality of life feature set, uh, classic old school feature set of like the original version of the game. And then what they call, uh, I think they call it like console old school, 
which is like the in-between that like the home console ports at the time tended to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course you can go, you can use any of those as like a default preset, but then you can toggle off individual elements from each of those and create a custom version of the game, uh, which being the sicko I am, I immediately did. Um, 3d art is maybe a little generic, but it looks nice enough. Um, the only other thing I guess I really have to say about this is I, I did, take a look and see what Japanese wizardry fans were uh, feeling about this, just based off, like, quote retweets and stuff like that, um, and reactions to the news coming out. And, again, granted, I'm going off of, like, the Twitter auto-translation-like thing. Um, So, take this with a grain of salt. But one thing I did see a lot of Japanese players who were commenting on this on Twitter point out that they were a little sad about is that there's no way to turn off the portraits for the party members and for a lot of a lot of those players they're like well I like to just imagine what my what my guys look like I I don't want like a visual indicator limiting like how I view them sort of thing Mm -hmm. and I actually do agree with that I do wish there was an option to turn the portraits off another thing that I want and I've seen a lot of other people uh, tweet at digital eclipse asking for is Something that a lot of modern, like, especially Japanese dungeon crawlers that have been coming out on Steam have been really good about just allowing you to import custom art for your portraits. Um, and I, I, I'm a little shocked that they don't have that. I hope that that's it's on a, the feature it's list. A very popular feature in, you know, last week I was talking about CRPGs. Like, like every current, like, modern CRPG that I look at right now has, like, a, like a, 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 it has some stock portraits, um, but you can just import your own. I mean, even going back to Baldur's Gate 1, like, every time I've oh, played really? that game, I've used... Yes. Okay. Every time I've played... Now, granted, I think they maybe made it easy. I, I believe the original versions of it had it. I know the definitive editions do, because I think they made it easier, because it was kind of a pain in the ass formatting-wise for the original release, but every every attempted playthrough of Baldur's Gate 1 I've done has been with a brother near Icon. Um, <laughs> so... <For fuck's> sake. <laughs> it, it It fits completely completely in line with the rest of the game's art style i promise you um um so so yeah so now you have to go on the wizardry journey and play like all the japanese sequels oh i i've already gotten to start on that i i love the ps2 one which name is escaping me right now made by atlas very or i think at least published by atlas of course very good game atlas Yes. Uh, Tales of the Forsaken Land. Incredible OST. Uh, very, very accessible <laughs> entry into the series. Yeah, um, for, 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 for people who who didn't, it didn't quite sink in. Uh, Wizardry was the RPG, the old, the old, all, they're all, every JRPG owes its existence to Wizardry. Yes. Which is a first person done, I, I feel like I have, I, I put the carpet yeah, the horse. Yeah, first person dungeon crawler. The reason that all of the reason that JRPGs are so rife with like Dungeons and Dragons ideology um, is because it's imported through wizardry. Yes. Wizardry was explicitly made by some college people that really love D and D. We're like, well, we're going to fucking let's just, yeah. Let's when, just make that, but when a, a computer game, <laughs> when um, persona five brought back like the aesthetic of uh, law and chaos in persona, um and uh you're doing you're like the phantom thieves right fighting the quote-unquote law i guess that is that is a modern expression of gary gygax thinking you should kill orc babies (laughs) it is it is it is Uh, yeah i admit i don't know enough about 
wizardry, both like the main series or any of its Japanese, like. The problem is, it is the most bread and butter ass RPG you will ever play in your life. So I can forgive people not being interested because a lot of what was so cool about it is just so standard now. Um, I I tweeted this once like years ago, but if you look at like the the intro paragraph like of the Wizardry One manual, the features it advertises for like, hey, here's what you're about to get into, literally just describes basic features you would. Like, that you wouldn't even think of mentioning for any modern game. It, it is incredible. That had to start somewhere. Yeah. Uh, and it's very fucking hard. But, yeah, I'm I'm curious to get back to it and see how I feel about it. Uh, the, the thing is, I feel like I already know enough, because a lot of this stuff is very upfront. Now I just have to do the process of going through the dungeon uh, at a glacial play, uh, pace, getting sad when my favorite uh, Blorbos die... Uh, and then making new Blorbos to take their place. I actually, I did name my hob, my, my half call him Blorbo? I, no, I called him, so I wanted to either call him Sabalba or Blorbo, <laughs> and I decided on Sablorbo, and he immediately got, he ate shit in his very, like, second round of combat. He got hit for all of his HP's worth, and I'm like, yes. No one beats Sablorbo. And I was Sablorbo. like... I, I do not have the money to resurrect him, so he's just gonna stay dead at the tavern for a bit, and I may I'm gonna need to make a second Sublorbo. I won't call him that, but what was he doing in the dungeon? He was supposed to be racing. Yeah. Oh well. Well, you know, he, that's how he affords the pod racer. Yeah. Uh, do you want to get into the parts where uh, I where you two have to put me down? Okay. Now, what's your method? What's your method of choice? How do you want to go? Uh, I I was thinking like um. What's that book about the fucking rabbits again? The two guys? Oh, the Water of mice and down. men. Yes, of mice and men. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I was going to get Razen torn apart by a dog. <laughs> yeah, actually, actually, yeah. You know what? Let's let's yeah, watership down. Let's 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 go hardcore on this. Jesus Christ. Uh, uh, so <laughs> so so um. So I was talking to a friend and a friend, and I mentioned, yeah, I, this came up naturally in conversation, because we're talking about, like, hobbies and shit, and I was like, yeah, I've always, like, kind of been interested in Magic the Gathering, but I never really, like, got into it or had, like, a good way of, like, learning it or, or really sitting down with it. Uh, and then sometimes a cute girl is like, hey. You did not do it because magic. you fucking... <laughs> Razen. <laughs> you can't confess to these things on a podcast. <laughs> so, uh, she was like, yeah, I could teach you a thing or two about magic. And I was like, okay, great. So, uh, I, I then get an idea for the type of deck I would like to construct and how to go about doing this. Uh, I then receive advice from this person on how to put together this sort of deck, and I get a recommendation, like, hey, there's a 2022, like, starter deck thing that you can buy that, like, th- these are specifically built to be, like, vaguely competitive level, like, beginner, like, this will get you, like, get your foot in the door sort of deck. 
Um, and then on top of that, like, I had referenced, like, oh, there's this, like, specific set of cards that, like, I'm kind of in, like, th there was a recent release or whatever that, like, had a lot of, like, manga-inspired, like, ink, like, drawn cards that looked really sick, and that was one of the more recent things that made me go, like, oh, fuck, maybe I should give Magic a try sort of thing, and I had referenced that. Um, long story short, that starter deck that it was labeled a 2022 starter deck... Um, half the cards are now illegal in the standard rotation. Oops. Um. Cool. And the more I talked with my other friends who also, like, know a lot about Magic the Gathering, they were kind of like, I don't think this person really knows what they're talking about, and I think they made you waste a lot of money getting you into Magic the Gathering. I have since learned I, that person doesn't really actually know all that much about Magic the Gathering. I think I just got told to waste a lot of my money. <laughs> I'll fetch the dog. So, I... so long story short, uh, I think I might still kind of give magic a try. Uh, I don't think I'm going to learn through that person, though. Yeah, Magic the Gathering honey trap. Like, <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah. So what was the name of the deck? Uh, <laughs> so the <laughs> yeah? The name of the deck is the 2022 White Aggro Starter <laughs> Deck, which is... It's just not, it's not a good name. <laughs> like, I understand that that it's, makes it's sense. It's a white deck. It's, it's a white deck, and it's about played aggressive. It's the white aggro deck. It just, it makes me it feel like what I'm life. buying it. I'm being, <laughs> <laughs> it just feels like what I'm buying it. I'm being put on a watch list somewhere. It's like, we gotta, we gotta make sure this guy isn't fucking stocking up on, like, hand goods and firearm ammunition. <laughs> um, uh, Grand Wizards of the Coast. <laughs> um so yeah uh anyways this weekend uh she texted me was like so uh do you want to go to friday night magic and i was like i'm gonna be busy <laughs> i wasn't busy i was screaming who's lila <laughs> that's a kind of busy um <clears throat> well hey so those friends didn't make me waste a bunch of fucking no now, see, if you go into Yu-Gi-Oh!, then anything would be legal. <laughs> yeah, see, no, no, I don't think that's no, true. That's, I know, I have a, no, one of my best friends is a Yu-Gi-Oh! player. That is extremely not true. Uh, <laughs> he is, oh my god, he had, he was, con he is, his whole life revolved around just this cycle of we're back, it's over, of getting the, of getting the of getting the the perfect getting like a, a perfect deck for for this uh uh this format and then seeing the ban list and be like that's it that's it i'm done i'm not winning fucking nothing um he was a, he was good at Yu-Gi-Oh! um but um that meant he was a monster um i he 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 would play master duel um on my uh on my playstation <coughs> Uh, I, I downloaded it because he was he was living with me and and he was like, I'm gonna show you how I beat people on Master Duel, um, and he he had built a deck that was literally, uh, it just made playing so annoying that his opponents would quit, um, <laughs> and I was like, is that so? You're not trying to win the game, you're trying to make them stop playing the game. He's like, that's winning. <laughs> I was like, I mean. I, yeah, sure. <laughs> um, 
I respect that. It's, uh, yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Yu-Gi-Oh! I win the duel is... if my dual disc just shoots you. <laughs> uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! seems all kinds of fucked up. Um, but, uh, ma- magic seems consistent, at least in that everyone is, ca- is basically playing the same game. Everyone in Yu-Gi-Oh! is playing a completely different game, um, which is true to the anime, it <laughs> seems like. Uh, yeah. Uh, so... Credit where it's due. I've always, I always found Yu-Gi-Oh very funny because it's like, what if a drug from like an episode of um, uh, Law and Order became a real drug? Yeah. That people took. It is funny that like it starts off as a one-off game in the manga and then it just becomes the manga because they made a real The entire thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that's that's my brief tangent on Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> Seems fucked up. <laughs> so, do you want to get to the last of my crimes this week? Oh my week? god. You, there are more? Go ahead. <sighs> Nikkei, Goddess of Victory, is an immersive no, okay, sci-fi RPG shit. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't lying. We have to kill you. <laughs> You know, I forgot that you posted that screenshot earlier. <laughs> I think I, I think I thought, I think I spotted that you had posted something about Nikkei, and my brain had just, like, not processed. Like, I was just like, I must be sleepy, <laughs> and put down my phone. Um, Nikkei got us victory. Sorry, I have an cold. Gotcha's killing Mel. Uh. Anyways, I downloaded the the, right, the big before, ass before, before third person Brazen shooter game. is allowed to frame this the way he wants. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you, uh, Nikkei is the game that you've seen the clips of where uh, it's the third person shooter and the ass jiggles like it's made of jelly. Yeah, and then when you reload, the boobs jiggle like they're made of jelly. So, I downloaded this for a bit. Uh, and I played a little bit of it and streamed it over Discord for my friends so we could laugh at the egregiously horny art. Uh, there's a point in this that I, I posted a screenshot to Twitter because I'm like, this is genuinely the funniest fucking thing a gotcha writer has ever been paid to write. Oh, yes. And it's this, yes. Yes. It, it is this, like, the biggest booby fucking, like, gun-toting, like, gotcha lady you've ever fucking seen in your life and she's like well when the when the commander looks at us they aren't thinking about sex and i i just lost it it was so fucking oh, funny i yes um, this was the thing that i saw and i was like i, I don't think i made the connection <laughs> quite <laughs> i uh, did and i was gonna ask about it but then i forgot so uh the plot of this game uh is near Automata, which is funny because they're doing a collab right now, which is also part of the reason I'm like, you know what, fuck it, I'm gonna roll for A2. Um, they, it, it's just near Auto- like, there's human commanders, and then they have Android wife soldiers that shoot the evil robots real good, and sometimes they can get captured and corrupted and turned into evil robots if they get stuck behind enemy lines. Do they get new sexy um, outfits when they're evil? Uh, no, they just get, like, sicko eye. Well, they do get wrapped into, like, wire tentacles, and I'm like, oh, of course they fucking do. Yeah, not um, be- Because the big tragic... Th- spoilers for the prologue. <laughs> you, spoilers you get for rescued. <laughs> yeah. 
you get you get rescued by this one lady and it's like oh okay she's gonna be like the main girl of the gotcha thing and then you rescue two other soldier ladies and then uh one of the two <laughs> after you fight through wave after wave of robot is like hold on we're going in the wrong direction and then the one who saved you initially goes sicko mode and then the prologue ends with you having to put a bullet in her brain, but you can't do it because you love her so much. And she's then she she grabs the hand and gently puts it at her forehead and is like, it's okay, you can pull the trigger. And it's like, oh, wow, damn. Mm-hmm. I don't care, actually, though. <laughs> um, uh, it, it, is, it is everything that you think this would be. It, it, is, it is just doing the, like, oh, but... You don't have to worry. We don't have emotions or feel things because we're robots, but they obviously feel things and have emotions and personalities. Um, I will. I, and, I, I uh, will give. Well, right. I will give Nikkei this. It is the most obviously outlandish version of this possible. It is hilarious to look at, and yes, because of this, there is no way it can attempt to pretend to be anything more. <laughs> it, it is a game single-handedly made for gooners who are also subscribed to r slash firearms um <laughs> i thought like they... spotlight already existed but you know oh you know i guess you... this is i guess this is like yeah for even the lower rung like yeah like Gen- genshin gets to pretend genshin gets to pretend that this is all oh, this is you know we're, we're you know we're doing real story and i get it i get that they've got they've got people working on it who are trying to do that obviously but, but Nikkei can't. Nikkei can't pretend. Nikkei has to be honest. Yeah, I, so, I feel like there's. I feel like even like Girls Frontline probably has a better odds of being more read, more written. I I will give this game one point of credit. Well, okay, two points of credit. Honestly, shooting fun enough. It's like nothing special, but I'm just like, yeah, this is like a solid third person shooter with like a skill based system and like depending on like what's needed during the fight you have like five different party members to like switch between that all have different weapons and stuff like there's stuff going on there i'm like okay this is like a video game it's like very mindless you can auto battle everything it'll just shoot for you and shit but like i'm like there's like enough going on here i guess i'm not gonna keep playing this but um the second i have to give this at least credit over azure lane which i was like ha similarly what if i download the funny battleship gotcha thing where all the battleships are girls for a bit. And then I got 20 minutes in and I was like, these character designs, everyone involved with the making of this game belongs in a prison. Oh, right. Uh, oh, because, because you know, in real life... they some, some children. So in real life... Now, I don't know if you know this about battleships, but in real life, in the Navy, some ships are big and some ships are small. Now, yeah. if, if you're a gacha game designer... Uh, I, I guess there's only one possible conclusion to make about how to design <laughs> these characters. Yeah, uh, and I was like, I hope everyone involved with this gets tried in front of a court. Um, <laughs> it was it was um, it was not great, so I, I uninstalled that. So I have to give DK credit over that. At least there was nothing objectionable in terms of like, oh God, like what 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 are you doing uh, on that front? Uh, instead, you just, like, roll, and then you get a character who, in her bio, it's like, oh, yeah, she's a masochist who loves shotguns, and then you click on her, and she goes, I like to have my body do the talking, and I'm like, okay, you, yeah, you fucking know what you're making this for. Um, I rolled on the limited time banner to get A2 twice, and I got around my second time, and I was like, oh, yeah, okay, I'm not playing this anymore. Um, 
Then also, she has like an alternate outfit that it's like buy our $20 limited time pass to get her alternate outfit. And I'm like, this is a crime. Uh, so, yeah, that was my those are my crimes of the week. Now, why now? Why did you admit to any of this? Uh, for uh, the content. Criminal. <laughs> the podcast. Well, it's like you, you have you you just really like uh, to get up on stage and uh, reveal <laughs> your deepest feelings for everyone to see, no matter how embarrassing it is. Now, yeah. <clears throat> speaking of this, this is a very this is a much less good se- segue. Um, Mel and I watched an anime. Uh, it was the only anime that I watched this season, and I only started watching it fairly recently uh, because some Same. people were talking about it. Some word of mouth was getting around about. I saw a Tokyo Subway ad. You saw a Tokyo Subway ad. Um, some word of mouth was getting around about this new uh, uh, Bandori anime. Um, my about one of their new. They got like two new bands that came out that started like fairly recently, and one of them is called My Go, and one of them is called Ave Musica. Um, and they've got, like, two anime coming out. They started with My Go. They're going to shift into Ave Mujica. Um, and all the girls in these two bands are, ki- are like, existing in, like, the same... At the same time. And they're kind of connected to each other tangentially. Um, uh, now, here's... Right, okay. Now... Okay, okay. Red, I'm going to... Actually, no, no. You, I'll let you go. I'll let you continue before. I well, the one, the in. one thing I want to say is because this is because this isn't. This was not like a bocce show. This did not get. This did not get big like bocce. This did not get huge. This was. This is not. This is a CG anime. Um, this is not the. It most... is. It's also. It's also directly related to an existing gacha property. Yes, yeah. it's related to an existing gacha property, um, and uh, but just. You know, I don't. I don't think uh, people listening uh, have necessarily watched this, and uh, I think people should watch. That. I think this anime is very good, um, and so hard. We're going to talk about this on hard mode. I really want to avoid like getting into like spoilers, <laughs> um, which I I realize is tricky because like the juice is like it's in some of the details. Um, uh, but broadly, do you want to tell me what Bandori is? Me? Oh, I was I was asking Mel. Do you like know? <laughs> uh, I just know it's the band Gotcha game. So the thing, so the thing that I found out about it that I was like, oh okay, hang on, I have to, I should, I should watch this. Um, was uh the of the bands that exist in Bandori. Um, there's like eight of them or something. Five of them can all perform, like they're they're act they're act the voice actors can all perform the mu- the music live. Um, and I was like, oh okay, that's not what I was expecting. That's cool. Um, so you know I've watched I've watched Maigo perform live on YouTube in real life. Um, and I was like, oh, okay, this is sick. Um, Maigo. One of their new bands. Uh, this show is about, I guess we'll start with a band breaks up uh, called Krychik, uh, and 
the a, a girl who's a loser called Anon, who was not related to the band. Why does this keep happening? Or is this the same show? No. Uh, what? Do you, wait. Who's the? Who was Anon in the a, last thing? A, I think this is the same. Anon keeps cut. Co- wait, no. Anon came up. Alien Anon. There was an alien Anon. There was an, right? a, there was an alien Anon. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, this, yes. This, okay. Because I, I knew this has happened before on this podcast. This time, this time it's a girl named Anon. If you don't know what my go is, my tweets might have been confusing because I've been posting about Anon <laughs> and how cool Anon is, which is going to be like, that doesn't seem like Red's vibe. <laughs> Anon. Now, 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 Red, before, before you continue, I had an important question I wanted to ask you. Yes. Uh, how do you feel about Anon's troubled backstory being the British schooling system? <laughs> so Anon uh, uh, went to um, went to go study in England um, and returned from Japan. Uh, apparently, didn't didn't have a great time in England. Um, uh, <laughs> it's, 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 there's a there's a fantastic scene uh, that is just like like probably kind of the only like flashback scene of her studying in in england where um all the characters are speaking in english and they're all speaking like you know they're all japanese voice actors uh attempting to speak english um and then one girl says just in like pure british accent just anyone got my book <laughs> and I, was, I lost it. <laughs> I nearly fell out of my chair. <laughs> Cut to someone talking about how they want to be a CEO to help people. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna get an MBA. It's fucking. That's Britain. Yeah, that's Britain through and through. Um, the um, uh, yes. Anyway, the the substance of this show is uh, Anon comes back. Uh, to Japan and joins a school where loads of people are like in bands and she's like I want to get I want to I'm going to I'm going to start a band I'm going to start a band with the class mascot who is the lonely autistic kid um and uh it's um from there her having to navigate the fact that clearly something happened with uh with this girl in a uh, a past band um, that broke up fairly recently. Um, and so, like, th- like three members of that old band... This is not a spoiler. This is just in the OP. Uh, three members of that old band wind up uh, cooperating with Anon uh, to make this new band. Um, and... It's like... There's some toxicity. <laughs> the, the girls are using each other. Uh, that is like the core like foundation of the show is the girls are using each other because they want things from each other uh they like anon is like wants to be cool wants to be uh popular um uh is like tr- is like trying to get her perfect school life um which uh, you know i moved around a lot uh so i can relate to that it's just like being like well you know this time i'm just going to be i'm just going to do it right uh <laughs> Nothing can go wrong. I'll just... I'll, I've had practice, so I'll just be cool this time. Um, uh, and the, like, the like heart of the band is the autistic girl. Um, and uh, I don't know... Uh, Mel, what do you want to talk about <laughs> with my go? Uh, uh, I like how in the early parts of the show, Anon, it feels like 
almost a parody of the typical Isla anime protagonist where she's like, oh man, I'm going to make a band, but I keep running into people with like all their issues or hangups to join my band. And she's just like, oh no. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, Anon is a fantastic protagonist for this show uh, for, for, you know, for more reasons than just it's funny, but it is extremely funny that she's kind of just, she kind of just sucks. She's kind of, she's just like selfish and just like very blatantly selfish and just like, well, I think I should be uh, in front and center of the band, even though I'm playing backup guitar. I think, you know, the singer can maybe stand behind me. <laughs> uh, uh, this and uh, she, She's trying to insert her name into the band name. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be called a non-Tokyo. Uh, I I got interested in and in, uh listen into watching the show when like I listened to a podcast our friend Catherine guested on, uh for Fate Moon Archive where they talked about the show and they described Anon as like, uh, evil Bochi in that uh, <laughs> she's she's good to talk to people but is terrible at guitar. <laughs> Damn. She, yeah, she is. She is evil Bochi. Um, the the thing the thing about Anon is uh. This, now, this is maybe me being... If I was to be Arch, I would maybe describe my go as a show about five uh, girls with, like, different varieties of mental illness. <laughs> Rather than just having the one autistic girl. I would I would describe Anon as someone who is not good at talking to people and has just gone out of her way to try to practice. <laughs> uh, which, uh, it's how she comes across to me. Um, and, uh, there's like, there's like three other members of the band, the drummer and the bassist were all in the, were both in the previous band, and the lead guitar is, like, this fucking weirdo, um, who- She shows up. She shows up. She, they just, they, they call her a stray cat. She's like a cryptid. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they feed her sweets, and, th- and she plays the guitar when she feels like it. Um, and she describes the other members that she's- when asked why she's in the band, she's like, there are interesting women in it. <laughs> so it's like, okay, don't call them women. Don't, don't do that. That's, you're giving off a vibe. Um, uh, the, like, the, the thing that's happening here is, like, there's a, there's a thesis in this show about why the old band didn't last, like, in terms of, like, why it was why it was a failure why it ended like catastrophically um and why this new band uh can succeed um and it's it's just fundamentally like this idea that all of the girls are just selfish um and want things from each other and are using each other kind of um and it's just that you can you can keep that a secret if you want things will go bad um, if you pursue what you want from other people, honestly, uh, you can find common ground and make connections. Um, and so it's, you know, there's a part of me that's like, this is like instructional <laughs> on how to be friends. <laughs> <laughs> like when you're not like, you don't have to be an especially good person. You don't have to be a hero to, you know, to be friends with, uh, with the autistic kid in your class that has issues um you just you know just be honest um or at least you know uh come across honestly in terms of like it's it's tricky to explain anyway 
Um, and so, but there's there's a lot of drama with uh, one of the members of the old band who really can't let go of the old band. Um, yeah, I had I had an arc with that character because <laughs> I was like, because I was like, at first I was like, yeah, she exists, uh, <clears throat> and then she does the thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I'm like, oh, uh, fuck this bitch. Oh, <laughs> and then a few episodes later, I'm like warmed back up to her. Uh, because she's just, a, her vibes are totally different and she's more fun. And I'm like, actually, I relate to her a bit. Uh, <laughs> but it's just funny. Yeah. How she just goes from like, she just goes from like the the token, overly friendly, polite person. Uh, and then, you know, after like all of the drama happens and like, they re- reconnect everything. She's just like the one who doesn't tolerate anyone's shit. <laughs> uh, she just... It's, um, it's, re- I was, I kind of, I can't, I, I, there was a part of me where I was like episode one. I was like, Oh, hang on. You you might be bad news. <laughs> I was like, Oh, hang on. Um, but yeah, a little too friendly. A little. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's a good show. And, uh, uh, Tomari, uh, the uh, the girl who's like the heart of the band um, is just fantastic. Is uh, just a uh, a really good. This is a, it's a really good show, just in terms of just um, uh, I, I would I would say the peak of the show is probably like episode ten. Um, yeah, I feel like episode ten is like where like kind of like the climax like resolution everything is kind of like mm. after that's both like wind down epilogue and also uh Ad- the rival yes. being nick fury to set up the sequel yes. so the um the thing about uh the thing about the, la- the last episode of the show is that it's mostly a trailer for the next season which is going to be about the other band Ave Mujica, who are does the characters, pro- like, show up throughout the show. Yes. Um, uh, but I will say that they only really have scene time together in, like, the last episode, which makes the last episode feel weird. Yes, the, la- the last episode feels a little weird um, as a trailer, but I guess, I guess you got to do it um, in terms of setting up the, the next season. I will be here no matter what, uh, because I have to, you know... You know, the, the other characters, they have to be involved, kind of. Because that's you yeah, know. and also I also want more insight into what the fuck happened with the old band because you know yeah, I mean so I so the thing with the old band for me is I think my general feeling is that it's a it's a it's a thing where like so someone leaves the leaves the band at the beginning of the show leaves the old band at the very beginning of the show and then the rest of them can't keep the band up. Uh, they all go their separate ways um, because like the, this loss is like devastating for them um, the I, the show thinks that the problem is I think the show believes that actually that person leaving the band should not have been a big deal um, ev- like everyone could have just been normal about it um, it didn't have to be band ending um, but it's just that um you know, people were, people were, they were not approaching it honestly again. Um, 
and uh, there's something about the uh, the new band where it's like all these girls are, are are using each other and they're just honest about the fact that they are using each other uh, by the end I would say um, um, I, 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 I think it's good I think it's like a very yeah. down to earth view on what it's like to make friends when you're a teenager <laughs> um, which is like you don't you know your friends aren't like necessarily the best people in the world they're just you know the people you you hang out with and spend time with because you know you you're getting something out of out of each other uh it's, it's you know and then the friendships happen and then you ride or die and that's that's how it works that's how it happens there's, there's this kind of like uh thing about like how to get what you want how to like uh how to try to how to ask someone uh to give you what you want from them without being like evil to them is kind of uh how that, and that, that's why i think anon is like a really great protagonist for the show because like uh she's kind of the only person who can handle one of the characters being a little fucked up and evil <laughs> um it's a it's a good anime i think it's a really good anime i think people should watch it it's uh, i'd argue the cryptid can handle whatever Oh, the cryptid can handle anything, but that's that's different. <laughs> uh, she's so good. <laughs> she sends a text. She sends a text round. Says, "I want to do the band," <laughs> and I'm like, "I, you know, I'm gonna run with this." <laughs> I know that's not what you mean, uh, but I, I am just hoping that like <laughs> I'm looking forward to getting more context in the second season for the other girls, just because like they keep showing up mm -hmm. in the season. Yeah, and like. I think I think one character I end up liking is like the one girl who is like Taki's classmate, and I was just like, "Who are you?" And then like later, it's like, "Oh, I still know who you are, but I do think you're cool." She and is cool. Fits. She is uh, gender as fuck. The th the thing about Ave Musica is that it's um it seems way more high melodrama, which I I realized the appeal of Maiko is oh ooh, the oh the girls have drama, um but um it seems like. I don't know the it just it just the vibes feel a bit off because like since I don't know as much about these characters that got Nick Furyed into the band it just yeah. feels like one character is just like <laughs> join join my emo band and we're a, we're a mask <laughs> yeah quit like, your job <laughs> join my emo band <laughs> and it feels like all the other characters outknow their problems and so I'm like why are you here <laughs> it's it's also just it's it's leaning into ooh this is a little this is a little fucked up and and um. Uh, and I'm like, okay, I, you know. Does it get twisted? It's, uh, yeah. ooh, ooh, they're a little twisted. They're a masked band. They keep it all a secret. <laughs> like, a, <clears throat> yeah, I just, I just need a more context of, like, their relationship, because otherwise I'm just like, oh, you, you, now they're in a band for some reason. But what is their motivation? Yeah. Anyway, um, which, Mel, uh, who... Who among the band would you say is most like you for real? I I'm picking a non, absolutely. Uh... I, I I said this on Twitter. I said with regret. I feel this most for a non. I don't. I no longer feel regret. My hero. <laughs> to some degree, Tomari, but also with regret, Sungri Sayab. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is allowed. This is allowed. There has to, there have to, there has to be Sawyer's in the world. 
Um, it's okay if you just hide it. No, it's not. That's the message of the show. <laughs> uh, that's the opposite. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, I really like my girl. Oh. It was funny when Anon was saying the name of the band in the eleventh episode. Yeah, it's my it's go. It's my go. It's my go. So I was like, "What the fuck does that mean? Does it mean it's your turn? What? <laughs> Explain yourself." Yeah, it's my go. <laughs> my go to the polls. <laughs> it's my go to the polls. Uh, all right. Well, my message to the listener. Uh, if you can put up with CG animation, you're fine. It's like, they do some pretty cool stuff with it. Um, but like, you know, it's not like a, a super expensive show, but, uh, I think it, it, it works for what it is. It's good. Um, go watch my go. There's like 13 episodes of it. All right. P- do it. PSA over. Uh, do we have anything else or do we want to talk about Ultra 7? You should talk about Ultra 7. We should talk about Ultra 7. Uh, I'm good to go. Let me tell you about... Alright, Eurovision. Um, Let me... You're not going to get that. It's okay. Um, Let me tell you about... It wasn't at Eurovision. It's useless. (laughs) Every year Eurovision happens and it's like I'm watching (coughs) European Twitter act like G Gundam is happening in real time. Yeah! (laughs) (laughs) Maybe this is why I don't like G Gundam, is I have Eurovision. <laughs> Get that fake shit out of here. This is the... <laughs> um, we've got the corruption and everything. <laughs> uh, Alright, episode 28. The 700 kilometer run. Yes. Uh, I think the Blu-ray said Sprint. That's fair, uh, I guess. But I wouldn't so, call it a sprint. I would call it a long distance. I would so, call it a marathon. <laughs> so, yeah. so, uh, before, so before you end the summary, I made like a tweet the other day that encapsulates this entire episode plot in a single tweet. Do you want that before or after the summary? Uh, no, give me before. Yeah. Okay. So I, my, I, I my tweet, this. which I retweeted on the official on the podcast account, is. Captain, how do we transport this bomb? Protagonist, who's really into rally racing this week, does a smile, and then a dinosaur attached to a tank. Roar. <laughs> that's, that's the episode. That's the whole episode. Um, Spina is a highly volatile substance that is undergoing testing. The Ultra Guard is tasked with delivering Spina to the test site. Uh, but there are enemies trying to interfere with the test, and so the team needs to devise a way to transport Spina secretly. Dan who really, really wants to race cars is like, yo, there's a long-distance motor race coming up. I could put the Spina in the trunk and race my way to the test site. The plan somehow is approved, and Amagi (laughs) is is assigned as Dan's navigator, much to the dismay of Amagi, who has an acute, irrational fear of dying in an explosion. (laughs) Same. Same. The race is on, and the rest of the Ultra Guard accompany the racers in a jeep, keeping up with the pit stops, uh, ready to provide support. Uh, Dan and Amagi have to fight off a number of threats, including a motorcyclist that Dan guns down, an explosive trap that gets triggered by a car that overtook them, and gunmen in the middle of the night who are dispatched by Sogo with a machine gun hidden in his mandolin. <laughs> so crazy. <laughs> 
This episode's insane. It's so good. But not before they plant a bomb on the spiner. The captain commands Amagi to to disarm the bomb, despite his irrational fear of dying in an explosion. Amagi... Dan offers, like, okay, I got this, and the captain goes, no, Amagi got this. (laughs) And Amagi's like, no, I fucking don't. (laughs) Um, Amagi succeeds and doesn't have to die in in an explosion, which would have caused him a real fright. Um... Uh, Dan and Amagi have to fight off one more attack from a bunch of helicopters and then they're home free. They deliver the spiner and the captain reveals uh, Gotcha, is a fake. <laughs> I was training you, Amagi, to suppress your irrational fear of dying in an explosion. This is when I would fucking quit. <laughs> Amagi's really like, grateful. You ain't getting to two weeks. I'm fucking... I'm, yeah, yeah, he's like, oh, thanks. You really didn't help me out. Not, help get me out of my shell, bud. I'm not scared of dying in explosions anymore. <laughs> uh, the real Spiner is in the Jeep. A trick within a trick to keep the Spiner truly safe. Uh, except, is it truly safe when it can be attacked at any time by a dinosaur riding tank tracks? Uh <laughs> <laughs> It runs from the ground. Where did it get the tank tracks? Uh, also, I, th- I, could, I cannot tell. Is it a dinosaur riding a tank, or is it supposed to be a dinosaur whose bottom, like, armored core know. style it's is tank tracks? It's a tank. Oh, my God. It's a dinosaur tank. It's so fantastic. Um, anyway, uh, everyone has to hide away in the bunkers of the test site. Uh, Dan almost gets buried under rubble and dirt, but transforms in, uh, into Ultra 7 and defeats the Kaiju tank by letting it roll over the capsule of Spiner and then blowing up the Spiner. Uh, Amagi leads the search to find and rescue Dan, and they take him away on Who a... Who buries, reburies himself in the dirt, I yeah. <laughs> Committed to the bed. He does. Committed. Is... <laughs> Uh, they take him away on a stretcher as he muses about their harsh duty. Like, Amagi did his duty. I will do mine. We will protect the earth. Uh, the end. Uh, I would like to thank, um, I can't remember his name, but uh, the guy who's always emailing us, uh, thank you for your emails. You are absolutely right. Uh, this is also a new favorite episode of the show. Yes. <laughs> yes. What? I cannot believe how... This episode, every scene, I'm like, they're making this up as they go along. And it's somehow incredible every step of the way. <clears throat> the fu- the fucking mandolin was <laughs> so... Appar- so... So apparently, Soga's actor actually could play the mandolin. <laughs> makes... He was actually playing it in that scene. Oh my god. That's Perfect. incredible. Um... Yeah, uh, there's almost, like, no place to start because our entire discussion of this episode is going to be, and then this. <laughs> um, I, I think we need to, I think we need to loop back to the start and point out that all that all this happened, it's from there from the beginning, because this opens with, like, Dan enthusiastically at a theater with Anne eating, like, yeah, a giant cracker and uh, people in the audience. Yeah. And then the next scene is that, like, he and Anne are in the teacups, and he's like, man, I want to join a rally race. And he starts doing cardo. He's like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> Dan is so good. Oh, just a fucking child. This is the, this is, Ultra 7 saw a fucking movie about cars and was like, Bro, I'm gonna drive a fucking car, and they're and they're like, "Well, yeah. you drive the pointer all the time." No, 
that the, the real no. shit. <laughs> uh, I will say for whatever reason, the car they have can also hover. Yeah, it could. It, so it got picked up by a helicopter. I very briefly mentioned. I mentioned the helicopter attack. I didn't mention that the helicopters attack by dropping like a mine, like a sticky mine, onto the top of the car, and then they hit, it creates like a bubblegum hot air balloon that, that lifts, lifts the, the car, car into, off into the ground, the and they have to fight off the helicopters in the sky and then burst the balloon and then just hover their way down using their car, which can hover apparently. <laughs> And Amagi uses, like, a gun to shoot down one of the helicopters that erupts in the greatest fireball that they linger on. It, it is absurd, the explosive force that this helicopter had with it. When, when you, it, when you so say funny. they were making it up as they go along, absolutely. Because they have a plan for the episode when they start the race. They have, like, Dan, is, Dan and Amagi are in the car, and, and they're, like, discussing, like, people... Who joined the race after they joined the race who applied to join the race after they applied to join the race and they're all suspicious they're like three different cars uh who are all like possible suspects who could be after spiner um and it's like this oh it's gonna be tense we're gonna get like this <laughs> tense race i've said no absolutely not we're gonna get suddenly a guy on a motorbike bike comes out of nowhere dan dodges him suddenly dan pops out of the car shoots the guy on the motorbike explodes uh, dan comes back in the car and says to Maggie, yeah i knew that guy was an alien <laughs> this is an absurd uh, and then episode. like the, the scene the scene where like <clears throat> leading up to the time bomb thing or whatever and and the fucking like surprised my instrument is a gun like they just like hear a noise when they're like parked for the night or whatever and the rest of the ultra guard are just camping out having having a good old time around a campfire and then they go wait a minute you left the explosives unattended oh <laughs> uh, yeah um that's yeah that's the that's the scene where soga's playing the mandolin um yeah the uh uh S- some ra- some racers go pa- just go past them and turn a quarter and explode yeah and it's like wow well, you know lucky they caught the they caught the trap for us are they gonna send letters to their family like <laughs> sorry you got caught in the crossfire uh, of our secret war uh it is funny that like the aliens just don't even have suits mm-hmm uh, no, this is Yeah, they're just people. They're just Mister Arms. The, 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 there is a name in the background of material, but it's like not in the episode at all. It's really well. Cool. I love too when the dinosaur tank shows up and the <coughs> fucking one of someone just goes like, "Ah, that must be their fortress." Now, now, <laughs> Mel, I believe, I believe, I know what the name of these aliens are. Could you tell us what the name of this alien, of the aliens in this episode, are called? It, <laughs> they're called Alien Kill. <laughs> Now, that's the hardest name for an alien. Uh, why you wouldn't mention it in the show? <laughs> Beyond me. It's Alien Kill. That goes so hard. Steve Harvey voice. Yeah. <laughs> Kill. <laughs> yes. Say jam voice. <laughs> All right, folks. <laughs> Is it gonna kill? <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna submit Ultra Seven clips to Sage. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, this episode is perfect. I wouldn't change a goddamn thing. <laughs> is, 
Uh, I like the screenshot of Seven trying to ride the tank. <laughs> oh, okay. Actually, can we comment on during the fight? The the. <laughs> Ultra 7's hand gets run over, <laughs> and to add insult to injury, the dinosaur then uses his tail to swat at him after running him over. <laughs> it's incredible. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> to, to be to be clear, if you haven't watched the episode one, you should watch the episode two. Um, it is just a person in a suit just riding tracks. <laughs> just around they're like oh my god it's a it's a dinosaur tank fortress it's the it's the aliens fortress um um and then they put it on screen and it's it's a it's a person in a dinosaur suit riding tank tracks around <laughs> Mal, Mal, i have to ask <coughs> was toru naruto a piss baby about this one well that's good to the <laughs> i'm gonna kill this man <laughs> Uh, who I imagine might already yeah, be dead. So, uh, so uh, as uh, as Razan alluded to, yes, this is a design that Toronardo famously uh, despised designing. Shut <laughs> up, uh, rest, rest in peace. Passed away two thousand two, by the way. Yeah, that you know, so uh, I, it's been it's been over twenty years. I can speak ill of the dead. Loser. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, he was not a fan of this design at all. Uh, I, I think I think he I think the quote I got on Altopia is uh, this is based on a bizarre idea of a dinosaur on a tank. But I personally don't like to design something like this. <laughs> you can to be fair to the man, want. do your job. I guess he did. It, to I can understand how, from an artist's perspective, this is a remarkably boring design in comparison to, like, oh, I can make anything. But also, when it shows up in the show, it is cool as fuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but yeah, he didn't he didn't like this one. Uh, put a pin in that. Uh, Has he got more to say later in this episode? Uh, we'll talk over it in a little bit. Yeah, nice. Uh, okay. Do we have... No, uh, anyway. Oh, go ahead. Uh, the dinosaur portion of the shoot, suit, by the way, was made by Risaku Takayama, who made a lot of the Ultra 7 kaiju suits. Uh, but the dinosaur portion was designed without legs because it was supposed to be like dinosaur attached to the tank. Okay. Uh, the tank itself was borrowed from another studio called Nikatsu, uh, and it was previously used in their movie Gappa the Triphibian Monster, which is another kaiju movie. Hmm. Interesting. Nice. Uh, do we have any production uh, notes on this? Yeah, I was about to say, I might as well cover that stuff since we're kind of on it already. Uh, this episode was directed by Kazuho Mitsuda and then written by Shozo Uehara, who I want to point out, every time we get an Uehara episode, some we like better than others. Like, uh, he also did Search for Tomorrow, the episode with the fortune teller. Um, you know, don't predict alien invasion sort of deal. Um, the Dan episode, where we got the backstory... Uh, and then also the one with the toys coming to life. Yeah. Or being controlled by the okay. aliens, basically. He's, he's, but, he... like, every time we get an episode written by him, he's doing... He's very playful in a way that I do appreciate, mm -hmm. even if, like... Can you remind some me... Some of his episodes are better than others. Can you remind me again which Ultraman episodes he did? Because I think he did, like, one of the last session ones. 
Uh, yes, let me see. I have that in a separate document. I will look for it, but I'll also... Shoujo no, Uehara, just to remind the audience, also would go on to write the first five seasons of Super Sentai. Yes, uh, here... <clears throat> I, uh, Bostang and Statue of Goga episodes of Ultra Q, and then the Monster Anarchy Zone and the Visit to the Strange Planet penultimate episode of Ultraman. Okay. Yeah, I thought I thought, they, I thought he did the uh, planet one. Real mix, but he's having fun. Yeah, like honestly, and I kind of respect that. Like he doesn't always hit, but he is doing stuff that's different in a way that I appreciate. Uh, this is certainly different. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's a. Uh... What if Sega Rally Championship? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I. Yeah, I was gonna say like. <laughs> When Dan at the start of this episode is me when I'm just like doing nothing all day but listening to the Ridge Racer like Type Four soundtrack. Man, I should I should race cars. Yeah. Ev- everyone who's ever watched Initial D is like, I should get a fucking Toyota. They should have got uh they should have got a uh, Dan's actor instead of a Kaz Harai for that one E three. Hmm. <laughs> all right well do we have anything more to say about this episode beyond um it's the coolest thing in the world uh and it's really goofy uh, yeah, i must i must i, conf- I must I, confess a sin confess your uh, sins. i knew a neighbor dinosaur tank for a long time ah uh, uh, i'm in fact I'm... i in fact i specifically wanted to be around for the episode of it so i did went and checked which episode to be in to make sure i wasn't in japan (laughs) that is incredible and i i am impressed by your commitment to one not telling us and two uh ensuring you were here for this uh it's 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 probably top uh top 10 ultra 7 guys for me is dinosaur in a tank oh same i can't wait i can't wait to see where it shows up on our kaiju sorters which by the way i'll as a as a behind the scenes look to our audience, uh, I will say I've been building the kaiju sorter as we go this time instead of like all at once last week. Having uh, the worst weekend the night before yes. sort of deal. <laughs> uh, and uh, I will say that as of this episode, uh, the kaiju's in this episode, we got like forty three guys in the sorter, Absurd. which uh, for comparison, for comparison in the Ultraman sorter, forty three represents Siposu. <laughs> Oh man! Uh, it's a. Uh... Let me just check real quick how many guys are in the Ultraman sorter in total because it was like a. We're like sixty okay, yeah, something. Fifty. Fi- fifty guys in Ultraman. Oh uh, we will. We are halfway through Ultra Seven. We will surpass it. Uh yes, absolutely. Um. All right. Well. If we are done. With episode 28, we can move on to episode 29. <clears throat> the Earthling, all alone. Is that okay? I think yes. so. Cool. <clears throat> After last week, Soga has wasted no time at all in acquiring a fiancé. Uh, the lucky woman, Saika, uh, who either studies or works at a university whose physics department has just launched a satellite into space. Uh, the problem? Well... A university just launched a satellite into space, and so Dan has been investigating <coughs> and discovered alien material on the satellite. Or something like that. Some kind of alien signal, I think, actually. 
someone involved in with this project is an alien. Uh, Psycho tells Soga um, that she thinks she saw an alien in Dr. Niwa's office one night, but had dismissed it as her imagination. Uh, also, his assistant, uh, Ichinomiya, has started acting strangely. She used to be good friends with him, but now he is so cold to everyone, and is only interested in talking to Dr. Niwa. Um, Psycho tries to lure Ichinomiya to a meeting with the Ultra Guard, uh, but Ichinomiya catches on and reveals he isn't an alien, but Dr. Niwa is. Um... Uh, he just snitches immediately. Uh, uh, Martin. Doesn't need any interrogation. Uh, and the Ultra Guard is... He's like, ah, oh, the Ultra Guard is too quick to judge Niwa as an invader. He's just a nice old man who believes in my ideas and will bring them to fruition and help me escape this terrible earth which is worthless and should die and fix my life and everything. Uh, <laughs> in case you were wondering, none of that is true. Uh, meanwhile... Soga tries to apprehend Niwa, but is caught by a surprise when Niwa transforms into an alien. Uh, he's knocked out and kept uh, kept hostage in Niwa's secret lab with the experimental teleporter. That I believe this is the thing that Ichinomiya has helped him create. Um, Ichinomiya returns and is like, damn, it's a shame they think you're scheming. And Niwa's like, yeah, anyway, time to initiate my scheme. And Ichinomiya's not having it. Uh... He gets into a fight with Niwa, which he's going to lose, but Dan intervenes, and now it's Ultra 7 time. Uh, they crash through the window of the office and have a really cool fight outside the university where they just have a pyramid. Uh, Ultra 7 is busy fighting a bunch of just apparitions of Niwa in alien kaiju form. Uh, this is the most Nintendo 64-ass boss fight shit that has <laughs> ever happened in Ultra 7. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, Niwa tries to escape using the teleporter, uh, but Ichinomiya proves he still loves Earth after all and he will not discard its safety for the sake of himself. He dives onto the teleporter at the same time as Niwa and says, I wonder what happens when one when a one-person teleporter has two people in it, and then they both vanish, and we don't, this is we don't, we don't get to know what happens. Uh, <laughs> uh, Dan wonders where Ichinomiya might have gone. He might be dead, or he might be trapped somewhere. Or perhaps adrift in the cosmos, waiting to be found. Maybe he'll return one day. The end. <laughs> no, we got one oh, more scene. One more thing? Uh, of, uh, uh, what was her name? Psycho? Door. Uh, was, uh, we, we, get, we get the bookend of her walking down the hallway. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah. And she hears something in the old office. And then the narrator, she decides not to check it out. And the narrator helpfully says, oh, it wasn't even an alien this time. It was a trick played by the spring breeze. Yeah, what he's specifically, he's like, um, she's going to grab the door and she stops herself. And then the says, oh, it might be an alien, though. Might be an alien. Might be an alien. <laughs> Maybe we shouldn't look. If you don't look, then is an alien really there? If you don't look with an ESP, it won't be there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what we're learning is that Ultra 7's position on if a tree falls in the forest uh does it make it wet and no one hears it does it make a sound is no and that also applies to alien invasions <laughs> yeah if you if you just do your part to not be aware of the problem it's good in, in which case the ultra guard are the greatest defenders against earth safety <laughs> <laughs> they should take uh... down all they're satellites. They should stop scanning for signals, and then no aliens will ever. This is why. This is why no aliens invaded before the Ultra Guard existed. Yeah. This is how humanity survived. That and also, um, Ultra Seven being ancient aliens, Bluestone of 
Barati Ultraman stuff. Uh, I liked this episode a lot, actually. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I, I think... Like, I, I feel like I'm kind of a sucker for this thing of, like, guy who is really fucking fed up, thinks the world is a horrible place, but then, like, oh, yeah, we're going to blow the shit up out of this place and take it over. And he's like, uh, uh, no, the fuck you're not. No. <laughs> like, uh, always gets me. Um, his little heroic sacrifice at the end where he's like, I'm not sure what this is going to do, but I know it's going to at least get rid of the problem for now. Uh, I adored. Uh, and I love that we do not get an answer. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's, you know, okay. someone, someone on fucking Quora or whatever asking, like, what happens if two people stand on the Star Trek uh, 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 trans- uh, trans- transport beams um, uh, at the same time? Uh, and Ichinomi is just like, I don't fucking know. Um, it's probably <laughs> bad. <laughs> um, it's pretty cool. It's pretty hardcore. Uh, I, one thing I wanted to note: Did either of you are are either of you aware of the Flatwoods monster? Speaking of cryptids, <laughs> no, I am not. Okay, I'm gonna send you a photo. This is a cryptid, like alien sighting, from like I want to say 1952 in West Virginia of the United States. Um, that for some reason really took off in Japanese pop culture. And has been the inspiration for many different <clears throat> designs, including, like, the aliens that show up in Majora's Mask, uh, a lot of, like, RPG enemy type stuff. Um, it's notable, mm-hmm. like, the most notable part about this is it has, like, it looks kind of robotic, uh, is wearing, like, some sort of, like, skirt or robe, and then the head looks like an ace of spades, is how, like, the kid who saw it described it. Right. Um, and glowing, glowing red eyes. And I have a suspicion that this monster was the design of this one was based off of this creature that makes let me look it up again ultra seven it's not exactly a spade but it fans out in a very similar manner so it's a cult alien prot just for reference i do see it okay do you say a it's a it's it's a dual type uh dual type it's a did you say a cult alien prot (laughs) It's like it's like it's got it's a it's a Pokemon with two types, right? Oh, <laughs> uh, I don't know the occult part. But I'm, I'm looking at Alien Prot. Alien Prot. Um, oh, I probably misheard the word called. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's what's happening to me. Um, yeah, I kind I kind of see it on the head. Yeah, um. The two big eyes help. I can't find any. I can't find any confirmation of this in like the my source for the background stuff for Kaiju. But mm-hmm. yeah, you know, mm-hmm. that's an interesting thing. Uh, yeah. The the fight uh, is cool. Um, it's cool. They just like. I will say it is a bit weird. Like, why are you guys suddenly big now? Uh, but it's cool. They made like a miniature version of the, the university campus to fight in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The um, it's uh, <coughs> they're getting inventive with the fights now. Like in terms of like, they're le- someone agrees with me. Someone agreed with me. Someone was like, it's weird that we played the victorious music when Ultra Seven killed the monster. Oh, actually, apparently, apparently, uh, in the Dino Tank episode, they like didn't want to put the theme so that they could like partly for like the tension and also partly so you can actually hear the tank treads going oh sick 
<laughs> but it is it is funny to me that like they cut they, they didn't do the music for Dinosaur Tank, but they did for the tragic yeah Gyaron. Yeah, Gyaron. Um so they're getting uh they're getting inventive in terms of like the ways that fights can go and the ways that fights can start and stuff. And like this one <coughs> they they jump out the window and then we don't get to see them for a while. We just like pan around like this space um as it like lights up and then they appear out of the shadows and then you know fight starts and then he starts fighting ultra seven starts fighting like weird apparitions that appear in the sky um and dr neo is just in his office like well yeah it is it is cool like neo just basically transports back in the office in the form of like dripping goo yes yeah he does oh, i've forgotten about the goo yeah he's gooey um I like it when the show goes gooey. It's got good goo. Um, I do think I. One we talked about it in the summary, but it is funny that literally two episodes after it gets brought up, Soga now has a fiance. Yeah, he's yeah. like. Uh, he, I he I like here. how we got like kind of back to back Amagi and Soga episodes. This one was less of a Soga episode, I guess. But, yeah, that's that's know. another thing I was gonna say. It's like this episode set up like a Soga episode, like an episode about him and his fiance, but. It, Kind of isn't. Kind of isn't. It's, it's, kind, of, it's kind of the same thing that happened with the last Soga episode, where it was mentioned that he didn't have a fiance. <laughs> was that it didn't wind up being a Soga episode? But um, um, yeah, he's he's B plot. He's he's getting B plot. He's gonna be. He's gonna have kids by the end of the show. Uh, he's maybe he'll be divorced. I don't think any of the Ultra Guard will get divorced. Uh, rip. I don't think Ag Sarai believes in divorce. <laughs> That's how you know that a character who shows up is a villain. He's divorced. <laughs> um, I can't wait for the kaiju ins- design inspired okay, so, by Henry so, VIII. Uh, <laughs> so, 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 so alien divorce. So, so Blazer is our first dad ultra <laughs> hero. So next year we're gonna get our first divorce. Hell, fucking yeah! <laughs> it's time. It's time um, for divorced representation. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, there's some good moments with Soga early in the episode. Uh, him like being like going undercover and then just being like pulling a gun on Niwa's fun. Yeah, Soga um, is a cool action man. Um, he's he's just got, or at least he tries to be. Yeah, he could he could do like he is the he is the gun guy after all. He could, uh, like he, he should be in a, he should be in a spy movie. Yeah. Um, but in like in like one of those spy movies where like the spy is good like there are two t- there are two types of spy movie there are spy movies where the spy <laughs> is like like the writers are just jerking off the spy all the time about how cool he is and then there are spy movies where the spy is competent but being a competent spy does mean you get the shit kicked out of you a lot um and uh you fail a lot of the time and just like you know wind up uh like very close to death a lot so i i think soga could be the superior kind of spy which is the one that gets beat up all the time uh sorry soga uh production stuff yeah go ahead 
the director was once again Kazuho Mitsuda, and then this was written by Shinichi Ichikawa, who is the one who also did the Captain Karada episode, The Man Who Came From V3, uh, and then also had done one other one that we talked about recently. Yes, uh, the Furuhashi uh, Mom episode with the alien Kanan and uh, the return of the capsule monsters. Uh, he still hasn't talked to his mother. No. Uh, oh, I will say, I I think I'm like liking this guy's written episodes. Yeah. Uh, the Captain Karada one, I can kind of take or leave, but like, I mean, that was still got, like, solid, but the, the last two he's done here, mm-hmm. uh, I've liked yeah. a lot. Uh, I have one... <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, I have one more thing uh, for Red specifically. Oh, go ahead. Uh... Ichinomiya's actor is a guy named Tomoki Kenmochi. Okay. Uh, he had one other role around this time that I think you may like. Uh, he is the Japanese dub voice of Alan Tracy from Thunderbirds. <laughs> Let's go! <laughs> Hell fucking yeah. Hell fucking yeah. That's what it's all about. This is, this is, a, this is a secret Thunderbirds podcast. Um, yeah. God damn. Alan Tracy. Alan Tra- he's that. yeah. He'd be a decent Alan Tracy. He's whiny enough. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Alan Tracy. You 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 you're all right. You're doing your best. Uh, it's it's difficult not to be whiny when your brothers are like that. <laughs> Um, cannot confirm do not have a brother uh, I neither do I but I know what his brothers are like <laughs> I, I have a brother uh, does he make does, does he make you kind of whiny sometimes <laughs> is it easy to uh, whine about his antics uh, I do whine when he complains about the wifi but at least that's not an issue when I have my own place does he pilot the mole or like the spaceship one or the he plays League of one? Legends that's so much worse <laughs> You might play Valorant more now, but um, that's worse than playing Nikkei. Uh, all right, is it? No, it's really fucking not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the um, yeah, the the only other thing to mention about this episode is uh, the 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 scene at the beginning where Furuhashi is reading a motorboating magazine. Uh, that's just called motorboating, <laughs> uh, which I will. I, you know, I I'm a grown adult. I am also twelve. And I should. I did. I should retweet that actually right now. Yeah, I did immediately grab a screenshot of Furuhashi peering over a magazine just called motorboating. Uh, I have a I have a, a certified rosin childhood story that is very similar to this. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, when. I don't know if this is just, like, a, a state of Wisconsin thing. I'm sure it's, like, to some degree so other states in the U.S. do this or whatever, too. But <clears throat> one day in high school, they had, like, a... Like, when we were in homeroom or whatever, we had to take this, like, mandatory survey thing that was talking about... Like, this is when we were, like, senior, like, about to graduate or whatever. Talking about, like, what do you plan on doing? Are you going to go into the workforce right away? Are you going to college? Like... What interests you? What skills do you feel like you've developed through school? Like, what are your hobbies? Like, it was, like, a whole, like, thing, I guess, indexing what, like, the kids who are about to graduate were supposed to do or whatever. And, like, this was, like, 
I, I guess, like, if you didn't do it right, or, like, if you fucked around and weren't taking it seriously, like, the government really got on the school's ass about it, so, like, all of the teachers were, like, really high-strung about, like, okay, you guys need to take this seriously and, like, answer as accurately as possible or whatever. So we're all taking this fucking thing in silence or whatever, um, and then we get to the hobbies part, and then... <laughs> uh, one of my classmates, Sam... Uh, gets to the hobbies part and just goes, oh, I love motorboating. <laughs> Fuck's sake. And the teacher just fucking died. It was, uh, I, I will always remember the look on his face when he said oh, that. Uh. Well, unless we have anything else to say about this episode, uh, we can probably move on to episode 30, Glory for Whom? Yes. That is a good title also. <laughs> yeah. Um There's a new kid in town, uh, whose name I had forgotten by the time I wrote this summary, so I have simply named him the rookie in disrespect. Uh he's Alki. Uh Alki. Oh. But you can call him the rookie. The rookie. Asshole rookie is a prospective new Ultra Guard member, and he's pretty good. Unfortunately, he's bought his own hype. He's constantly showing off, constantly being rude, constantly trying to embarrass everyone else's abilities. Uh, on a test flight against Dan, he fires with the intent to kill, and Dan takes it up. This is the most homoerotic thing I think we've got in the show. <laughs> um, they call it Ace Combat, though. <laughs> um, Dan takes it upon himself to whip this kid into shape. Uh, oh, maybe you're right. Uh, <laughs> meanwhile, there's mass training exercises about to take place for the TDF, and the Ultra Guard suspects aliens might intervene. There's a suspicious signal, and Dan takes the rookie to investigate. The rookie well and truly interferes, wanting extra credit at all times, launching an attack on the signal from the point without Dan's go-ahead. Uh, now, the Ultra Guard are sure the aliens will attack the training, but they can't cancel it. Um, the rookie sneaks a beacon onto the magma riser that will lure the enemy. Um, and sure enough, on the day, the aliens take over the magma riser and launch an attack on the rest of the exercise. Uh, this is basically the magma riser and a bunch of tiny model tanks all going to war with each other. It's very cute. Um, Dan and the rookie launch an attack on the magma riser, but the rookie wants all the glory, so... He, like, runs ahead and lobs grenades at the Magma Riser, right? Uh, yeah. <clears throat> briefly... Uh, these tanks go down easy. Yeah. Uh, briefly feeling like he's accomplished some incredible feat, uh, demonstrating his impressive lack of irrational fear, the rookie gets caught in an explosion and is now dying. Um, uh, Dan raids the Magma Riser as Ultra 7 and engages the alien, which turns into a kaiju, uh, their fight's pretty sick and ends with them both on the floor struggling to crawl towards each other and deal the final blow. Um, Ultra 7 gets one more burst of energy and wins the fight. Uh, Dan goes to rescue the rookie and the rookie confesses everything. Uh, Dan is infuriated. All these lives lost. All for personal glory. Uh, the rookie shoots a kaiju that was over Dan's shoulder and this kills the kaiju in one shot and the rookie's like, there are... Uh, I go ahead correction uh that is the kaiju skeleton which just reanimates oh the kaiju skeleton because like like dan uh like seven kills the kaiju and then like you see like the body fade and the skeleton remain and then for whatever reason the skeleton just oh. pops up again for two seconds yeah that's cool 
the rookie shoots the skeleton that was over Dan's shoulder, and this kills the skeleton in one shot, and the rookie's like, are there we good now? And then Dan dies before Dan can say no. Uh, yeah, the skeleton looks a lot like the, the stupid images we get of, like, the guy in Mexico that's like, I found an alien, mm -hmm. by the way, yeah. yes. which made me laugh. Uh, the Ultra Guards salute his dishonorable corpse, um, a sad end for a rookie of such fine prospects. A uh, shame he sucked. Uh, the end. Um, uh, was it Aoki? Yeah, Aoki. Uh, <clears throat> Rip Aoki uh, should have just been normal. Yeah, and uh, now that uh, we finished this recording, the episode summary for this episode, uh, I am going to post the shit post I've been having Cook save for three days. Okay. <laughs> Should I check Twitter for this? Uh, you can. I guess you can check Twitter if you want. Uh, let me let me okay. a quick look. Time up. Okay. <laughs> Wait, I'm not getting audio because of how I'm recording this. Okay. It's the audio that does it. You'll get it later. <laughs> oh, okay. Wait, hold on. I'm going to fix it real quick. Thank you, Mel. <laughs> Fucking. <laughs> Stupid. All right. Uh... <laughs> so. So. Uh, this episode is... This episode is pretty good. I like this episode. Um, yeah. yeah. Aoki's uh, a cool. At least 10 guys killed because of one guy. <laughs> yeah, he gets at least 10 guys killed because he's like, I'm going to surpass <clears throat> Dan. One, no, you're not. Uh, two, oh boy, you need to calm down. Um, he is like just absolutely classic uh, type of um, overachieving guy. Um, who is just desperate to get other people's acknowledgement um, and in doing so keeps offending everyone because <laughs> he, he just, <laughs> he just keeps being like, yeah, you know, should have just, should have just done it like me. Um, and everyone's like, what? Shut the fuck up for five yeah, there minutes. There was like one bit where there was one bit where he was like too rec reckless with almost shooting down Kiriyama and Dan. Uh, and you know, Somehow, Kiriyama and Dan are just like laughing about it in the office, and like you know, uh, you know, you're pretty good. You could be a member of the Ultra Guard, and he was just like, "Oh well, you know, I could have left two vacancies in the Ultra Guard." <laughs> and they're like, "Oh, okay." I was, I, I, thank you for bringing this up because I almost forgot. He does the trays thing. He shoots the fucking bird. Oh God, he does. He does. He does do that. He shoots the bird. He didn't need to shoot the bird. <laughs> <laughs> trays coded. Uh, um, I wish you. Oh God! Imagine we got a Trudy Trace coded guy. Um, but yeah, if one of the like SSSP likes had a Trace in it at some point in one of these shows, I think they could do it. Anyway, um, yeah, this guy's like one of the stronger one-off characters, just for how you know extreme he is. Um. And you know this is this is like an archetype, but uh, it's good. It's well executed. Yeah, I honestly I watched this episode 
assuming he was going to be behind whatever the fuck and when like it became apparent like oh no he like they're just doing the hot shot rookie trying to prove himself gets in too deep over his head thing and pays the price i was like oh okay no i respect this a lot actually Mm -hmm. for just sticking to that yeah this episode would have been much worse if he was genuinely like if he was an alien assisting the invasion yeah yeah Yeah, that's definitely a version of the citizen that could exist in this, in Ultra 7 specifically. Mm-hmm. Ultra 7 permanently at risk of making those kinds of episodes all the time. Um, yeah. It'll be it'll be interesting when we get away from Ultra 7 and back into, like, more... When we return to Ultraman. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Did you realize what you're about to say and just stop dead? Um, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh... It's, um, yeah, the the whole big battle that's happening at the end of the show with all these little tanks exploding um, is, like, very silly. Very goofy. Um, but, you know, it's enjoyable. Uh, it's fun to watch things explode. Uh, I think... Oh, uh, God. For multiple reasons, I will keep vague. Towards the end, I was thinking a lot about Iron Blooded Orphans during the like take battle oh sequence. <laughs> All right, specifically because Rookie, who gets it over his head, is like a big plot point uh, in like season uh-huh, two. Uh huh. You're not wrong. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, oh yeah, I've I've seen this before. You know what? <laughs> that guy worse than Aoki. Yeah. Um. Mario Kart watching Ultra 7. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, you want? Prob- get her to write an Ultra Straw. I want to see what she's cooking. Uh, you're somehow uh, the most gender Ultra Ultraman. I believe this. <laughs> it will be. She'll do it. Um, uh, the, um... So the thing that I think is lacking in the show is I think the payoff on his uh, it's like final assault. Uh, it's like it's the bit of my summary that where I summarized what was happening, and I read it and I was like, "Is that really all that happens?" Is him like just him running yeah. ahead <laughs> and throwing some grenades and being like, "I've done it." And I'm like, "Is that it? Is that all?" That- well, I think I think you could do a little a little more than that. Um, they could have given him a Thunderbirds-esque thing to do to combat the Magmarizer, and I think that would have been... He, he could have better. been the one that boarded the Magmarizer. Um, yes. He could have uh, been on it and got and got into like a fight with an alien and lost. Um, I think that could have happened. I would have, That's what I would have done, but, uh, you know, I'm not in the 60s making Ultra 7. Um, I was not alive. Thank God, honestly. Sounds like a you problem. <laughs> yeah, a me problem. Um, you could have been the like the perfect age to experience Thunderbirds as it occurred. Yeah. Though. Now, Mel, I have a question because you didn't have Toru Narita didn't have anything to say about the last episode. Does he have something to say about this episode? Uh, yes. Uh, so first off, the kaiju in this episode is alien platic. Platic? Platic. As in remove the S from plastic. Oh. Um. Okay. (laughs) 
it's it's the it's the plastic alien with plastic on it. Uh, uh, I see. That does make sense. Kind of. This this uh, kaiju design is notable because uh, it is the final kaiju that Toru Naruto designs for Super Raya production. Oh. Well, because uh, I think for various reasons, like. He didn't like designing certain things like iron rocks and dinosaur tank. He just like, uh, fuck this and bailed. Oh, I wasn't expecting the subplot to go anywhere. He got Holy so <laughs> mad about having to design cool as shit kaiju that <laughs> he quit. Yeah, he quit. Wow. Now this one, not as cool. Uh, he did say as well in design like so first of all the, the original design didn't have like plastic stuff on it and like that was added by like the production team like basically mm-hmm. on their own whim later uh and also like he kind of like he, he admits he also put more time and care in designing the skeleton than like the original the actual like actual kaiju yeah um what is what is yeah. what does he go on to do then I'm not sure. That's entirely interesting. I oh oh his Wikipedia page uses such a strange way to anglicize his uh his family name. Oh, not his family name. Um, yeah, that yeah, he, uh, he, I think that, I think that's just like kind of a pen name as like he picked up as Tol Naruto. I just call him Tor Naruto because okay. that's like his actual name. Yeah. See, I always envisioned like this guy would be like a Kunio Okawara who would always be like kind of involved a little bit, but, like at least. mad about it. So like I yeah yeah I I didn't like expect him to just be like I'm fine. What? I mean, I guess like more power to him if you're not feeling what you're doing. Like no reason to stick around, I yeah. guess. But like, damn. However, uh, I will say, you're not feeling dinosaur pink. What the fuck's wrong with you? Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> I I have strong disagreements about some of his stances on monster design, yeah. I would say. If you... Battleship Yamato Kaiju is simply one of the coolest ideas in the world. I'm sorry, man. It's... And, you know... Oh, I'm, oh, I'm so sad. I have to... I have to uh, design things that aren't sick as hell. Now, if he said uh, he quit for Alien Spell and drawn him on, I had to say, sure. <laughs> But <laughs> yeah, if he specifically said, um, you know, uh, if he specifically sub- like sent a letter to someone that said, I am aware of the plight of indigenous American people and I felt really bad <laughs> about that one kaiju, I'd be like, all right, fair play. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm not seeing what he just at a glance I'm, I'm just finding it tricky to uh, see what he went on to do i saw he it seems like mighty worked on mighty jack um i don't really know anything else in here yeah there's like I, I i'm not sure i don't have the name on me right now of the guy who like would do kaiju designs for the rest of the series but like you know mm-hmm. there's gonna be another guy who's like doing a lot of the other stuff and i, I don't think tornado was the only guy either but like yeah, you know keeps what keeps he's, like, on he's kind of like a big one um uh Unfortunately, he is gone, so the color timer will return. Spoilers. Uh, yes. I'm sure this is a shock to this everyone. Was, this, was, this was his grand success with it's, Ultra 7, was uh, no color not, timer. Yeah, it's not like we're watching a show right now that also has a color timer. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, uh, yeah. Uh, Verizon. Production notes on this episode. 
Yeah, so this was directed by Toshitsugu Suzuki and then written by a known Macross hater, Keisuke Fushika. I love that that's his name now. Yeah. Um, listen, he, he hated Macross enough to have some wild opinions. I can't remember what they are, but I remember think I, he he quit anime and is like I'm just writing novels it. from here on that's out. It. Fuck this you shit. You know, if you're Toru Narita and you quit because uh, you had to design, uh, you had to put a dinosaur on a tank. I think you're a loser. If you quit anime because Macross made you mad, I think you're not. You, you're also kind of a loser. But I admire you. <laughs> now, now to be fair, I do also want to clarify that the statement he made was more like. I hate that shows are giving more of their resources to the visuals of the storytelling rather than the writing, like Macross, but it just happened to be the one he pointed out. I think it was more of like a broader state of the industry thing, but the fact he did seem to point out Macross is very funny to me. No, Macross. Uh, it is funny given how half that show looks. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. On the on the one hand, sometimes Macross, the the best looking show in the world. Other times, oh boy. Uh, you were making this uh, on the fly. <laughs> um, Macross would have been so much better if it had a dinosaur tank. Now, okay. I think we can say. Now let's think. What w- let's let's come up with one thing that wouldn't be improved by a dinosaur tank. Okay, okay, okay. Now, stay with me, fellas. All right. One year war, but you replace the gun tank with dinosaur tank. <laughs> Absolutely. An incredible show. God. Hayato's in the dinosaur. The gun cannon is Iron Rocks? Yes. Yes. Oh, fantastic. Uh, The Gundam is obviously Ultra 7, but, you know, this is is a little obvious. Um, I think we should give uh, the Gundam a boomerang. We should we should give the gun. The, I mean the the the, the V fin compared to the other shit we had in the the original show, a boomerang would have fit right in with that. Yes, arsenal. the V fin, the V fin should have been an ice logo. Absolutely. Um, well, we are clearly not talking about this episode anymore, but it is good. Yeah, another good week. Yeah, uh, I'd almost respect Tornar to know more if he quit after doing Dinosaur Tank immediately yeah uh left off on a high note <laughs> yeah this a high note that he hated would have left off on the greatest of his creations <laughs> <laughs> he's rolling over in his grave we, we're talking he's just so like, much he's shit like, i i i can't eulogy? i can't do any better than this so my work here is done fellas <laughs> my eulogy toronaruta designer of such things such as the dinosaur tank and also the original ultraman <laughs> <laughs> he definitely respected and loved Um, I, I think I have come around on thinking that Ultra 7 is cooler than Ultraman, looking-wise. I, it's taken a while, uh, but I think I'm now firmly in camp. Ultra 7 is just flat-out cooler than Ultraman. Yes, yeah. I agree. And, uh, you know, we'll get different designed Ultras in mm-hmm. the future, and, like, obviously... Yeah. Ultraman, Ultraman is kind of like the template, but we'll still definitely get, like guys who are in the mold of seven as well because seven's still a big deal yeah nice um i should hope so uh all right well are we kind of done talking about ultra seven i think we've we done a, like a pretty even split like uh 
like an hour of each, like an like hour of not Ultra Seven, hour of hour of Ultra Seven. Um, so yeah, yeah, because we had like uh, forty five minutes of Razen's confessions. Uh, uh, I'll I'll be more normal next week. Uh, no, you won't. Don't lie. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> you have to. Uh, as my go says, you have to. <laughs> you have to be honest. If you can. Oh. Um. Oh no. Anyway, um. Yeah. Join us next week. For my th- go, but my go, but it's a bunch of girls doing an Ultraman podcast. Oh my god. Oh my god, podcasting anime. Well, oh, there was there Blue was that Archive. there was that install. No. There was that radio anime that seemed pretty good. I watched like 3 episodes of it or something. You joke you joke Razum. I hear people say the plot of Blue Archives even decent. Oh. I'm not going to give it a shot. I, I think, I've, I've I think, wasted too much of my time. I, I, fair. You should... I, I, I am not going to talk shit about Blue Archive people. My, uh, I, have, I have friends who are Blue Archive people. <laughs> well, now you have friends who are Nikkei people. <laughs> no, I, I don't. Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> What's this dog doing in my room? <laughs> this, is, this, is, this, is, this, is, this is how our podcast falls apart. Uh, uh, Alright, uh, join us next time for three more episodes of Ultra 7. Uh, that is... Well, making a podcast episode, Red and Rosin are no luck. <laughs> Carry on, Red. <laughs> saying three more episodes of Ultra 7 uh, that is episodes uh, 31, 32, 33 uh, join us next week uh, bye bye oh no plugs, plugs plugs right <laughs> um, follow the show at ultra underscore q on twitter that is at ultra underscore q u e u e I am also on twitter I'm at gender underscore redacted um, ignore my my go posting it's a, it's a it's normal don't worry about it um, Mel you can find me at Twitter and other sites uh, at Dear Crowns. Uh, we have an email, ultracupod at gmail.com. Uh, we have a coffee, also fund for subtitling, ideally. Uh, yeah. Rosin. Uh, yeah, I'm Rosenbrand everywhere that's, everywhere that's R-A-S-E-N-B-R-A-N. Uh, by the time you're listening to this, hopefully I've streamed more Armored Core 6. I'm uh, gonna try to make that a priority, um, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll see what's happening from there. All right, uh, bye bye. Bye. Yeah, see ya. Seven. One, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Attack the